Okay, the recorder's on. Can you tell me a story? My house was Will you make sure the people hear my story? I think it's important to take a moment to describe my new embassy friends. I mean, they did rescue me, after all. First, there's Laird. Laird is the team leader. He's a thinker. He likes to philosophize about life, especially about faith. Then there's Alex. It's good we got you. I don't trust those men. You're alone and a woman. It's good we got you. Yeah, very good. Alex was raised in Russia. He's a medic. The first time we met, he gave me a cream for this weird rash that I have on my face. We're at the restaurant, and he just shined his phone light on my weird rash to inspect it. I like him a lot. Chris? It's not a problem. Chris is like seven feet tall and has freshly filed fingernails and a coat that I think is made out of chipmunk fur. Then there's Ruslan. He's Ukrainian and doesn't talk much. I've been able to drag all of the guys out to see shows and do things with me in Kiev, except for him, usually. I know guys like that. It's good we got you. All four of them came to my apartment late at night to pick me up when those guys were at my door. I suppose that's their job protecting Americans, but I really owe these men. I spent that night at their place. It's so bougie. I slept in their mid-range sauna room. That is the room before the sauna. They have a garage. I could not believe how fancy this place was. But I can't stay there because they work from home and it's secret government embassy things. Elena doesn't trust them at all. I told her that they're just here to help. They've been getting important vaccines and working with orphanages and stuff. I like them. I go over some nights and we watch this Ukrainian miniseries. And they always have snacks and heat and hot water. It, it seems like a brand new house plucked from a rich U.S. suburb and just sat down in the middle of Kiev. I hadn't seen anything like it. The next time I go abroad, I'm doing it the fancy way with the U.S. government. I love staying with them, but... So, where are we taking you again? I guess Elena's apartment. Oh my god. So, where does she live? She is not going to like this. Thank you very much. <clears throat> yeah, if you need anything... We're fine. Um, yeah, just, we're, we're just here to help. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> Americans are suddenly interested in helping. <laughs> oh, if I'm sick for one more day. It's really because you keep dragging me across the country. I have no time to rest because then who takes care of you? Not to mention, every place we go, they feed me. You cannot even look at one more wafer. Today, when Boris said to you, I have proposition. You teach me English, I'll teach you Russian. And I said to him, I have proposition. Don't make me go to Odessa. And you will not have a translator. And then you will have more time to work on your English. We all laugh, but really, I was not joking. <coughs> I have not been to my running club in weeks because I am with you eating wafers in homes of sad people, translating stories of sad people. Elena lives in a gray box building off a busy road. The floor of the main building has multiple layers, like, like someone used a glue stick to stick thick wallpaper on the floor. 
Her apartment is at the end of the hall, and it's a tight squeeze for two people. I'm sleeping on her couch in her office, so anytime she needs to work, she has to squeeze past me and my giant backpack on the floor, and when she sits at her desk, she's staring at my clothes drying on the radiator. The couch is pretty uncomfortable. I think I slept like three hours last night. But okay, another day. Woo! I'm going to meet Boris and Maidan today. Maidan is where the Ukrainian Revolution in 2014 took place. Elena was supposed to have today off since it's the weekend, but Boris is making her come with us for the day. Elena, can I borrow your jacket? I don't understand how you come to Ukraine with a small coat. I don't understand why you come to Ukraine at all. Maidan is the center of the city in Kiev. In the middle is a ginormous statue that's called the Independence Statue, and it's from the Revolution in 2001. At the top is a woman holding Kalina flowers, and that's the national flower of Ukraine. It looks like, um, like red berries. There are gorgeous statues all around Maidan. There's one of a, a Cossack Viking. There's the Archangel St. Michael, a monument to the founders. And Maidan is always bustling with people, especially tourists, which the pickpockets know. All the strange things that have happened to me in Kiev have happened at Maidan. A man dressed as a panda tried to mug me. Then last week in the metro, three large men came up from behind me and they grabbed me like, like a hug. I thought that they thought that I was someone else, so I turned around and I say, uh, excuse me, in Russian, but they didn't let go, and they kept holding me and, and taking me. I put my hands over my pockets because I thought maybe they were trying to take something, but then they just laughed and put me down and danced away. I like to come down to my don to watch the people, and see the art on the street, and see shows, and go to museums, and it has my favorite Posada Hada. But today, I am learning about the Maidan Revolution from Boris. No one expected Yanukovych to win presidency. He was a bad man who made his money as a drug dealer and then became president. And he began stealing from people. When it was time to make agreement with the European Union, Ukraine joining the European Union, and he won't do it. He said no. Our people say, what do you mean no? They was ready to sign. Uh, that was, how you say, last dot? Uh, uh, last straw. Last straw. <laughs> so students mainly gather to petition the government at the square. Maidan means square. Hmm. President Yanukovych sent in police. And it's not usual police. You can't imagine what they did. They come with sticks and shields. They beat them so hard. They hit them on the head, stomach, blood everywhere, and our nation didn't understand. You are beating our kids? This was the last dot. Next day, hundreds of people from Kiev went to the square at Maidan. More and more people, even from outside Kiev, came in buses. It was winter, minus 18. We stayed in tents. It began as a peaceful protest, but then they realized the power of the police. Power, no. What is the word? Uh, brutality? No, I don't know. Uh, whatever. They beat people. The people saw no other way to change the government but through force. We got rid of the president and overthrew the government, but over a hundred people died. We build a wall with snow. I helped build it. A lot of people shoulder to shoulder and nobody make any conflict. 
Everyone was so close together. Up to one million people. And without talking, they created one road that they kept clear if someone needed to move. Nobody organized this. We move as one body. Forrest! Oh, uh, this is my friend. One moment. My friend told me about a really cool Maidan-themed restaurant. Uh, you have to like say a code to get it and everything. They invited me to go. Do you want to come? Why would I want to eat at a Maidan-themed restaurant? A revolution restaurant? No. I did not like Maidan. I didn't know how to deal with it. One day life is normal, and the next there's all of this in your home. I mean war. It was war out of nowhere. How do you deal with that? I left for Dubai. Everyone was so mad at me for not participating. Why are you not participating? This is your country. I said, what? I can't handle that. I found cheap flight for Dubai and I left. Good news! We have a meeting tonight! Let's go back to Van! Another attempt at friendship failed. We're driving in the van with Boris now. What was supposed to be a few hour excursion to my dawn has turned into about seven hours, and we haven't gotten food. He's making us go to some kind of pastor's meeting outside of Kiev, and Elena really doesn't want to go. Boris can live off of peanuts all day, but I am dying here. He keeps holding up these bags of nuts from gas stations and saying, It's good food, but I, I can't eat more peanuts or I'm going to throw up. Elena looks really unhappy. Boris, I'm hungry. We are already late to meeting. Okay. For being feisty. She lets Boris push her around. Well, I guess I could say something. This could be my chance. Okay. Okay, Michaela. Do it. All right. Come on, Michaela. Just do it. Boris, we are not going to the pastor's meeting. What? What? We are going to dinner. You can let us out here. They don't need us at the meeting, and we're hungry. Uh, okay. See you tomorrow. Whoa. Thank you. Where do you want to go to dinner? Not Fusadahada. We ate at the cutest restaurant. Warm bread, wine, fancy soup, and guacamole. I haven't seen an avocado in months. Elena smiled when the wine came. With that smile, I thought our friendship had peaked, but then... Do you have time to help me find a hairdryer? dryer? <laughs> 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 oh, we don't have a hairdryer here. Oh, oh, let's go into the store. Okay. We walked from store to store all around the city. It was dark, the wind was blowing, and the city lights made everything feel warmer than it was. There were no hair dryers anywhere, but it became a game. Window shopping, actual shopping, chatting, laughing, running to get out of the cold until finally, a hairdryer! <gasps> Yay! I sprinted back to the apartment. I couldn't believe how alive the city was. I'd never been out past 10. It felt like two in the morning, but that's how it feels when the sun sets at four. I couldn't see the crosswalks under the snow, so I just kept walking out in front of the cars. About to watch out! <laughs> 
Okay, Ukrainian tip. When you cross the street, you cannot look afraid and you cannot run trying to avoid cars. You walk, you look the drivers right in the eye, they will not hit you. You start acting like a squirrel, they will hit you. Now we had surely peaked, I thought. And then we get back to the apartment and... You know, we need to do this karaoke together. More wine? Um, okay. I don't think anyone will go to karaoke with us. Boris says it's a sin to listen to anything but worship music. You know, under Soviet Union, no one had to make any choices. They were told what to wear, where to go, how to think, and when it collapsed, churches stepped in. So people still don't know how to think for themselves. I still, I realized when I was going to church that when people would ask me questions about what I believe, I gave these basic answers. And I realized slowly, these aren't even my thoughts. It was how I was told to think. I tried to explain that nothing has changed in my heart when I stopped going to church, but everyone said, no, no, it changed. You fell away. But I did not. I, I just wanted to make choices for myself. You're making choices is hard. That's why we all avoid it. But we will find a karaoke place and we will do it. And suddenly the floodgates are open. I sat on the floor next to Elena's bed and we just talked. Uh, I would do so much to be in Florida right now. <laughs> snow makes me depressed. My mom tells a story of how a little girl, I could never be put down in the snow. I would just start to cry. <laughs> I would not play in it. I would just start to cry. <laughs> Mostly she talked really about her job. I just came and I stayed. About men. Oh, it makes me angry. How could she not be allowed to wear sandals? Oh, because, he's, that. because he said respect is listening to each other, giving authority to husband to make decisions. Then I was thinking, well, you don't respect your wife if you don't listen and give her authority to make decisions. Right, he's just saying that, that, that it's his part to make decisions, but not his wife. I'm very glad I didn't marry young. Are you dating anyone? Yeah, kind of. About psychology. Psychology was not allowed under Soviet Union. <gasps> it was a very new thing in Ukraine. Five years old, maybe. My friend was asking me about the meaning of dreaming of flying, and I said, you'll have to ask a psychologist because they study the subconscious meaning of dreams. And he said, that isn't Christian, and he would never see a psychologist, and how awful it is that pastors in America send people to psychologists instead of just helping in church. So that is the level of ignorance I deal with. About Kiev. I found out almost every apartment in Kiev has a brothel. No. Americans and other people come to Ukraine for sex, which explains all oh. of the sex shops. Sex shops and you know, coffee shops. Uh, oh. mm -hmm. Even about politics. Everybody wants a piece of Ukraine. That's the history. Yeah, it's kind of like. It's kind of like Israel. Yeah, so I don't think it's ever going to stop. And Ukraine will be independent, dependent, independent, mm. dependent. Because it's like that. It's <sighs> just our fate. It's our destiny. For someone else to own you. Yeah, just fight for independence uh, and never be independent. Oh, uh, that's not a good fate. I don't know why. Uh, I guess from a strategic war point of view, it's because it's always been like two big political forces. Soviet Union at the time. And the U.S. Uh, We're always fighting. 
Now they need Ukrainian territory for that. <clears throat> Alina, what's your dream? I like jewelry. Maybe I sell jewelry in the United States. Elena, my family has a jewelry store in Florida. <laughs> you can come live with me. You have big I, ideas. We can write a letter saying how much we need you. Oh, that's good to have ideas because I don't have any. Or maybe I do. I, I, I think that I always think about how to make them come true, and I don't know how. This may be why I think I don't have ideas, but there are two categories of people. Those who are willing to risk, or at least they have the mindset, and my mindset. I, I, I need to have a plan, I need to have a strategy, I have to count everything because it's my name on it and I have to know I will at least barely make it and that's what keeps me from going out and risking. Because what if I fail? <laughs> 